I'll give you a clue, it was Greensby. They are pressing quite well. What's happened there? You've got to be joking. Oh, sorry, I've done the wrong around. I've done an arrow and I'm seeing sorry. He must have a horseshoe up his ass. <laughs> if we're playing on professional and that's happening for Barcelona. Um, uh, two years ago. Sorry about that. I that, <laughs> that. I'm sorry, that's just put me off the game. I'm not having that. Anyway, segue, moving on. What has that got to do with football? Why is that out of football ground? Hello and welcome to another ramble from the Honest Football Podcast. I'm Craig Savage and with me as always is Charlie Betts and Daniel Cody. So how's your week been guys? It is International Week, which is boring. <laughs> which means we need to be a bit more creative in what we're producing, don't we? And, and actually this week has been quite an interesting week. Um, Dan, you were on a training course over the weekend, which on the face of it sounds horrendous, but you managed to turn it in quite a... Who does training... a training course on the, mid- on the weekend? That is well, no, technically it was over a Friday afternoon to get off. You know, he does, tra- he does, a, do, he does start his training on a Friday afternoon. I will say, training on a Friday is not even ideal. But anyway, you managed to turn it into a bit... We put a positive spin on the whole yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, we, we don't want to get bogged down by these things. So, <laughs> Firstly, obviously, I've, I've been stricken by one of the worst things that can happen to a man this week, which is, of course, man flu. But ah, it's quite yeah. a bit yeah. late, isn't it? It's 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 Worse than anything else in the world. <laughs> but I have fought and I have survived, and I'm here to tell the tale. Uh, so on Friday, I went to a course, and as a result, thought I'd put the weekend in a hotel in yeah. Letchworth Garden City, a lovely place not far from here. Uh, I thought I'd taken some football during the international yes. break, which I've done, and obviously have to take in some food, which didn't go to plan. Should we start with the food? Okay, we'll get on to the football we'll in a minute. We'll get to the football in a minute. Talk so, about the so we'll talk about the football in a minute. Post that in the evening on Saturday. Thought, let's go for a lovely bit of food, of course. Mm-hmm. And right opposite my hotel, a 24 hour McDonald's. What more could you ask for? Hour. You said lovely I mean, bit mate. of food. Yeah. Wow. It does the job. On a Saturday evening, it does feel like On a Saturday evening, evening after a long day training, watching football, you just want to get some food. Yeah. And you think, what more could you want? Five yeah. minutes, get some food, get in the hotel, and slobber around like Very a good. fat bastard. Okay. <laughs> I'm, of course, So a Saturday that. evening, I'm, I'm going to assume that, you know, McDonald's, a major chain, worldwide chain, is going to, on a Saturday evening, your business is probably going to be yeah, a bit busy. more than what it would be normal. Your footfall's going to be more than most exactly. other nights of the week. So what I was quite surprised to learn when I went in at 8 o'clock, obviously went straight to the touchscreen, because you don't want to be waiting at the serving. No, 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 more importantly. It's touchscreens, by the way. Best invention ever. Well, you say the only time I don't use them is because you can only use your card, and if yeah. I don't, if I don't want Louise to look at the bank statement, having a time, having a few extra McDonald's, I then pay by cash. But yeah, the, the until until up. until they don't have the receipt that don't print out. And oh, then, and then you, you have to remember you your number, number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you go, "Where's your receipt?" Because it's just been chewed up. Well, that's receipt. that's so one you, thing that happens to me. You yeah. went to said touchscreen. Yes, obviously, I would have gone to the serving desk, but unfortunately, there was no one to be seen, okay. which will feature yet again in the story <laughs> later on. Right. Uh, I went to go to sides to have my normal order. Don't judge me. No, go for it, go on. Large Big Mac meal and yeah. a cheeseburger on the side. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with two burgers, is there? No. Even no. though one of them's a double burger, so technically I'm having three. <laughs> <laughs> These things happen. Right. So right. what would I expect to find when I went to the sides menu? And in McDonald's, there were no hamburgers, cheeseburgers. No burgers. <laughs> no burgers, with the exception burgers? of quarter pounders and quarter pounder, the new double one. Which isn't, yeah, it's not going to replace a Big Mac. I didn't have any of the smaller buns. Smaller buns. Interestingly, as we later found out. Was there any chicken or anything like that? Uh, so there were chicken nuggets, chicken burgers. No fish if you wanted a fillet of fish, not oh, anyone who does. No, I don't think anyone's ever eaten If you want to make it a meal, want to make it a Sorry, you have the fillet of fish. No, I don't have the fillet of fish, but oh, when you're with a certain, oh, I was about to say, when you're with certain people that might want a quick snack, 
Obviously, that are <laughs> obviously it's not allowed. McDonald's. Oh right, no, okay, yeah, no, no, I stand correct. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, also, if you wanted to make it a meal, which is something I got to later on, my options were a uh, Robinson's fruit shoot. Oh, beautiful. Bottle of water and an orange juice because none of the fizzy drinks were no! available. Nor were half of the milkshakes and many of the side dishes. So That's, That is appalling. And I was fortunate in the end that I was able to get a, a Big Mac, sorry, but I had to have two middle bits because I didn't have enough bumps for the top and bottom. So my bottom of the Big Mac was a middle bit. Uh, <laughs> and my other half had a hamburger which was made of a middle and top of a Big Mac as well so they did manage so it's a DIY Big Mac yeah but there was one guy who to be fair with me he tried to compromise and offer the solution so I made my other half hamburger yeah. using that, and that but it's not good for a Saturday night and we're talking about 7 8 o'clock before the mainstream in a 24 hour yeah 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 my issue with this is that Lecture of is sure it's a lovely is it city? Town a garden city garden city sure it's a lovely city however surely uh, um it's not going to be the the flagship McDonald's that you would, you know, Oxford Street or something. It's like a that. relatively new one, so you would expect it to. So be how can they run out of burgers? I don't, I, don't, I don't understand how you run out of burgers. It's like the old KFC crisis from a year or so ago. Isn't I, it? I'm not criticising anyone works at McDonald's, but surely it's already frozen and stuff. You just need to fire them out, cook them. Like just maybe, maybe, maybe they didn't deliver. You can't do anything. <laughs> maybe they just didn't get the delivery. I don't know. They didn't because about ten o'clock in the evening, a massive lorry pulled up, which <laughs> made the evening a bit noisier, but still. At least it got served. So um, you did get to eat. Did get it in the end. Almost so a fifteen minute wait, which defeated the object of fast food. So uh, <laughs> DIY. And so overall, you had a happy meal. <laughs> Essentially, yes. Uh, and then came back the next morning because I needed some breakfast on the mm-hmm. way up. So I thought I'm oh, going to no, give them not this again. I said I'm going to give them a chance to redeem themselves because it's breakfast. It's eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. You've only been different ingredients. I mean, you can't get the time, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Depends Everything on was in stock, bar the fizzy drink. Still, good news. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's all right. What the fuck was happening to fizzy drinks? No idea that someone's doing the machine. You know, you know the famous one with the ice creams looked like it had dripped into the fizzy drinks. <laughs> <laughs> and what then, did you have for breakfast? More importantly, I, I had a bacon roll and hash brown. Yeah, yeah. very um, And I thought that the fast food service will have redeemed itself. And I can confirm breakfast took 14 minutes to be served. So for a bacon roll, you can't call yourself fast. It's not like one of those breakfast wraps where you've got five or six different things. Had I had a grill in the hotel room, I could have made it quicker myself. (laughs) So disappointing, but the football was great. So we'll talk about that. Yeah. Okay. So the basically don't don't go to McDonald's in Leicester Garden City. Is that Um, unless you've got at least 15, 20 minutes (laughs) in your hands? Don't be fooled by thinking it's going to be fast food. But the food itself, once it was there, was absolutely lovely. It's the bog standard McDonald's. Yes. Given the fact you had man food, should give your throat a little bit of a break. So we'll take a pause on your trip to Leicester. If you want to have a little rant for a few minutes. And then we'll get back to your lecture. Fantastic. So football we've been to this week. So actually we can go back to last Saturday because we were recording this on the Sunday. Ooh. And the last time we got together before that was on a the... Thursday? Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. About 10 days ago. In August. So our August, Craig, yes. obviously, Craig's the manager of a, a, a team. I'm the coach for it. Um, we had a free week in the first week of the season. Which was annoying. It was upsetting though. I didn't um, like that. Obviously, this is where... Due the, to cricket. Well, as I was say, this is where the Premier League don't have these kinds of issues. You can tell this is <coughs> amateur non-league football that we couldn't play because both teams, us and them, both had a cricket pitch on their football pitch. Yes. That weekend. <laughs> uh, so a bad organisation by the league, by the well, way. Well, so, yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's yeah, all I'm going to say. So anyway, we, that gave us a free, free Saturday afternoon. So Craig and I went and watched our opposition because our first game was on a Wednesday night, which was a bit annoying. Well, that's the day we recorded because we went for lunch after, didn't we? And oh, then we, we went off to the football. Oh, I went to the Luton game and you went to that. Oh, it was Saturday morning. Sorry, yeah. right. Yeah, oh, of course, yes. Yeah, Saturday morning. Sorry. Yes, I, we, yeah. Fantastic profit rolls. Yeah, they were brilliant. I've got to say, the food there was oh, fantastic. God. It was yes. a £5 lunch. Yeah, the steak was lovely. Um, so, yeah, so anyway, went and watched them on a Saturday. Um, learned quite a bit, I would say. So, between the two teams that were playing. 
Um, and then we were playing one of them on the Wednesday evening. So went into that game. I'll be honest, we played football for about 10 minutes and managed to... What's the polite way to say? Smash and grab a 2-1 win, but... Okay. There was a 2-1 win away from home. The frustrating thing was the team we were playing were also a reserve side. And I'd say, I would say that Craig and I did a fairly um, Some good research. detailed research on them. Nice. Only to find that only five players were playing from the squad on Saturday who were playing on the Wednesday night. That's unfortunate. And they changed the formation, which obviously threw the whole thing out the window. But no, it didn't really. We, we had a game plan, but yeah. So Wednesday was a bit of a smash and grab. Probably, I would on the whole say a draw was possibly a fair result. Um, they hit the bar and had two or three guiltless chances. We had a couple, but yeah, we, we have got a very young team and I think that showed maybe under the lights. It was a nice ground under the lights, you know, quite a few people there. What was the scoring pattern on the game? Did you uh, have to manage it towards the end? Or? So we went 1-0 up. One, 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 uh, one sorry, game, sorry. down in the first half from a very bad back pass and yeah. the guy knows he'd done a bad back pass. <laughs> um, and then we got... Happens to the best of us. Happens to yeah. the best of us. Happens to anyone. Um, second half... So we changed the formation half time. They yeah. basically had... When we watched them on the Saturday, they played 3-4-3. Three, three. Huh? When we they played on Wednesday, they played 3-5-2. And the extra man in the midfield that we didn't allow for, he was basically getting overrun in the middle. Yeah. So the tactician was Craig Savage went three, uh, sorry, four five one, matched him one man for man in midfield. Yeah. They then got they got a bit tied out, a bit lazy in midfield because they didn't have the extra man. Um, and I think I will say it's not it's the only only um, credit I will take for myself because I think our fitness showed through because we've done quite a bit pre season. And the last was it fifteen minutes? Yeah, we, we got, got uh, we we had a bit more pace on the wing and um, and a bit more experience. I think we had a young side to start with, and then obviously brought on a bit of experience yeah. which helped. Got the equaliser in the seventy-seventh minute or something like that. Oh, something. yeah. And then we scored the winner with two minutes to go. Fantastic. And then the referee decided to add on uh, ten minutes. Yeah. So there <laughs> doesn't was, matter if you held on. There was a lot. Well, of, we held on. So there's a lot to good. take into the game that when this is being recorded it was then played in played yesterday. And then obviously what you think is fantastic. We've got the win under us. Yeah. We can build on this momentum at the weekend. Yeah, definitely. So how did it go? We got rolled three-one by a team that will probably finish in the bottom three of our league. If I'm being brutally honest, they weren't a very good side. Doesn't bode well for you. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Do you know what it was? I think what I've learned, I'll take away from this. Obviously. I've I've been a non-league player, as you pointed out, for 400 different clubs. But it's um, what I've taken from this from being the other side of it is actually there's no such thing as consistency in non-league football at that level. Like we had lads who on Wednesday were outstanding. Yesterday, I mean, the warm-up, even the the what's the word, the atmosphere and the change before it was just it was incredibly flat. And actually, if it's not your job, it's quite hard to motivate people. If you know, if you're doing this as a hobby, if they don't want to play, they don't have to play. In the sense of obviously play, but do you know what I mean, like. And then it physically it, it and, gives you a bit of a mentally horrible involved. dilemma, doesn't it? Because you then have all of the plans that you've tried your best to work yeah. on consistently in training, and then you can see four or five of them just aren't in the mood. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you take them out and put alternatives Definitely, in, or yeah. do you stick with it and hope that the motivation yeah. comes well, the, from the, the good thing with uh, this league we've got is roll and roll of subs, so you can make the change. Yeah. Mm. And then if it doesn't, obviously we can switch it again and again and again. But yeah, uh, so we we, we, we did we, switch it a bit. It, Again, better. well, the thing was, I think what we took away from it is we, we got beaten yesterday for for twenty minutes. We and, and this is not being egotistical. For twenty minutes, we played some stunning football. We didn't. We missed a few really good chances, to be honest. But you can't play for in two games basically across what one hundred and eighty minutes. Only turn up for thirty five of them and expect to come out with six sure. points. You know, it's just not going to happen. But I think, um, yeah, I think I learned a bit a lot about younger players yesterday. Some of them who are hungry and want to play, you know, did really well. Other ones, the, any sign of criticism, and I, I, I'm not that I'm normally that critical, but any sign of criticism 
and the head goes up the backside, and it's quite it's quite difficult to get him back out but, there. But obviously, the one thing we should say at this stage is that the club you're new to the manager's job, Craig, and you're yeah. new to the coach's job, Charlie, this summer. So yeah, it's probably going to take two or three months to establish which players yeah. you can rely on on a week to week basis, yeah. who you know are always going to be up. For exactly. Yeah, I think I what think I learned a panic. about yeah, I think what I learned about younger players yesterday is that sometimes they need to be. I know, I, I try to probably you know as you two lads as well try to coach in such a way that I'm not telling them what to do because if I wanted to do that I'd stay here and play pro evo do you know what I mean if I wanted to control every single aspect of the game but when some people are making consistently the same mistake again and again and again and I didn't well we didn't necessarily intervene with that um, for fear of maybe you know and rightly so embarrassing them or whatever I think that's maybe something that we need to take a bit of ownership over you know and if that's the case almost saying look right stop doing that now do this this and this but because some players just aren't going to learn from the mistakes I suppose essentially what I'm saying like you keep fouling someone keep fouling them in, the, in a certain way because you're not holding them up you're just trying to commit yourself yeah. I think that, I think the um, hard thing is obviously we obviously don't record games obviously luckily for the game in midweek someone yeah. was recording the game for their, obviously for that uh, home team's cha- uh, channel which we greatly appreciate by the way it was lovely to see um, and it's another benefit you don't have at non-league level no that's, 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 the, thing, that's yeah. the thing we can't just go right here's clip one, two, three, four. This is what you've done. Click and click. One, yeah. two, three, and four. You've got to stop doing that because every time you do that, you this is what happens. And, equally, and it's and when you're trying to explain it through words, some will go through one ear out the other. But if you set that, if you we can see it, like they say, yeah. oh yeah, you're right actually. I think that's the difference because even that's, that's the harder bit when you you go even to the non-league pyramid. You know, step three, four, five of that. Even there's teams that record games, so we're probably the standard we're coaching at. If we're probably on that cusp of that is still amateur football. Mm-hmm. Really above us is when you start to get. I mean, there's teams in, who are only in that Div well, one of the South Mids who record games, so that's the league. That's essentially, the league above record matches and stuff. So that's where we are. And it does give you a massive disadvantage. It, it takes into the thing of the numbers and volunteers at yeah. the level mm-hmm. as well, because you would probably love to have someone just sitting there taking notes for you, say this is that and this is that and this is that. And yeah, thing. yeah. But you, you can't do that. No, no, no. no which then really you have to test... one's got to be the linesman sometimes in certain leagues. Yeah, but and that's the thing where you set up the pitch and it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to do. Um, that, isn't and think, that isn't football yeah. but you, you somehow enjoy it in one way oh you enjoy it but then you're like right I need to focus which like, is why when, I think it, it's a lot easier for us when we're away yeah 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 years but away. obviously as we just said everything done by volunteer which is why you, you need players to take ownership over what's going on in the game a bit more than maybe and I'm not talking about our team just you know from our, my experience in non-league football sometimes it is very much like you're an amateur coach but sometimes you're treated like a Premier League coaching staff in the sense of right well why have you not brought the water out or why have you not done this why is it well this is amateur football you're going to have to do this if you know you keep fouling him or you know you're out of shape maybe you can solve that problem as well you know we haven't got a five team analysis opta stats it's sometimes where where clubs have to go don't you you go I don't need the best player I need the best leader or I need the best character or I need the the best football brain yeah so I think we've learned that but anyway it's a tough balance to you yeah so we'll get there so we've got a game next Saturday as I say it's not a disaster but we've got a bit of work to do in training on Tuesday and we'll uh, we'll go from there won't we Craig yeah absolutely and uh, (laughs) one thing or another we just got to keep going. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're not going to do a review of our season at the beginning of every episode because it was the first week. We it was the first week of this season. To, and and, what, and the, thing is, contrast. the thing is, we're a game behind everyone else. So, yeah. um, one win, win the game in hand, you're back up there again. I, I think the league we've got is you're probably going to have one team that's probably going to smash it, which they have been in certain 26 results. goals in two games. Yeah, 26 <laughs> goals in two games. And somehow drew 0-0. 
Um, and then you might have a little bit middle one, then you might have boys that you know they're going to get whipped every week. Well, I guess that we talk about a lot of the negatives of non-league football, the things that are harder. If we look at the positives, particularly for you as a manager, is unlike the Premier League, looking at Watford as an example, mm. you're not going to be judged on your first four games. No, that's true, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do, yeah. tell you what, the, the one good thing I've uh, noticed, and um, obviously we've played two sides away uh, and home, the uh, crowd wasn't actually, wasn't, was actually a respectful quite, level. Yeah, quite <laughs> Even like, Ours is a park pitch, but people going to watch it, there's still quite respectable like numbers, mm. which I was, I'm quite happy about. Obviously, it's a good thing to see. But to, to me, your club obviously is the lo- the most local to my front door. Mm. So if Luton aren't playing and I'm not anywhere else, that's the easiest place to go mm. watch football. It's yeah. free. Why wouldn't people go? Mm. Whether you see good football, is But that's not always the point, is it? In it, weeks like international weekend. And now it's time for. Ramble of the week. So I went to watch Letchworth Garden City Eagles of the Hearts Senior League. Right, current believe, champions. They are current champions. I believe it's step seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, same level as what we're coaching at. Yes. Right. So they they won the league last year, as yes, you mentioned, did. and were unable to go up due to ground restrictions, which were the ground not enough seats ready in time. Yes. Which is going to lead on to a bit later on in this. Because I went to the game hoping to enjoy a game of non-league football. And from my walk to the ground and the two minutes around it, I came back with a puzzle that took me hours to work out. Oh, <laughs> so, go on. So how, much, how much was entry? Uh, entry was free. Oh, good. That's a good, good. start. That's um, good. And good clubhouse and things like that as well. So let's just Coffee? get... Uh, yes, hot and cold food. A bit, a bit like you know when we went to Trim and they were doing tea, coffee, yes. crisps, and a couple of little oh, hot right, stuff. Yeah, a bit yes. like that. Oh, really decent clubhouse, actually. One of the better ones from a few mm. lower non-league grounds I've been to. Let's get the game out of the way very quickly because it wasn't much to shout about. <laughs> uh, a 3-0 home win for Letchworth, uh, Golden City Eagles against Hatfield Town. Recently relegated. Fantastic news. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, they finished second from bottom. No, they finished bottom last um, season. If the squad's similar, I can probably see why. It's right, okay. with, with the greatest respect intended. <laughs> uh, it's not really football in town, is it? 2 0 at half time. Letchworth dominated the first yeah. half. Um, they, I think the word you'd use is coasted in the second half. Yeah. Third late goal. I've written the goal scorers' names down because I'm a professional. <laughs> uh, I've got in my notes here. Oh, go for it, go on. Great core cuts. Uh, Kyle Watson and Ash Kersey would have right. Ash Kersey the name does ring a bell but it doesn't to me well not to me either well he wouldn't but I, I think but I, I came out I'll, just on the ground very quickly one covered terrace which is quite nice does yep. the job but it's not huge but it's what it needs no. to be and the clubhouse we mentioned very good with selection of food and drink it's in North Hearts Leisure Centre which right. is a massive facility there's a massive like gym and leisure complex yeah. to the left the rugby club sort of dwarfs the football ground next to it because that's oh, a lot okay. bigger. Oh. And it's it's through loads of car parts. It's quite a, a hard one. It's out of the way to get to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, all the signposts in Letchworth for football ground lead to the Hertfordshire FA, which okay. used to be Letchworth Town FC's ground. Yes, well, yes. I think it might have just been Letchworth FC rather yeah, than Town. Yeah, it's Letchworth Town, yeah. Um, who obviously played at that ground next to it. And that's where my puzzle came into okay, this. Because I walked past that ground and saw the Hertfordshire FA yep. facility, yep. which is a four-standed stadium. Yes, a very yeah. nice one. Very a nice very nice stadium. Game. One fantastic big yeah, main stand, yeah. and then three nice terraces, two decent ones behind the goal, and one long one behind yeah. the other side. And it hasn't been used regularly, bar two years, since 2002 when Letchworth FC went under. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, interestingly, just before they went under, 
Kerry Dixon, Chelsea former yes, player, yeah. uh, took him to the fourth round of the Fars in 1999. Oh, really? Then the money ran out and What's a shock. family yeah, times. Surprised with Kerry Dixon, man. Yeah. No comment. <laughs> uh, in 2008, as we mentioned off camera a few moments ago, Bulldog Town reformed and played there for three years. Oh, okay. And now they then they went back to Bulldog and now they're Grand Show and Farsley Town. Uh, they went to Hitchin. They did. I played against. Yeah, them at yeah. They, oh, well, they had they had at least a year in Bulldog. Yeah, no, no, they yeah, did. at least yeah. They probably that, played that Bulldog. They probably played Bulldog. It's fucked quite small. No, but so anything between Bulldog and Farsley, I didn't bother to look. Yeah, 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 yeah. They played at Hitchin because they played twice more. Yeah. Uh, but the thing that got me there is, you as you mentioned, Letchworth Garth City Eagles couldn't be promoted. Because of ground restrictions, yeah, yeah they don't have. Enough, I think there's not enough seats. They, well, they don't have any seats in their current ground. They yeah. just have a terrace. Yeah, and that the ground, the Hertfordshire FA one, which is literally in the next door facility. It's <laughs> the next facility. It's the next door on the road. It would be the next postal address. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely baffling. The same road links. Them. Yeah, a couple of hundred seats, though, isn't it? Yeah, at least, if not more. And a couple of hundred footsteps. More importantly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, are you saying they couldn't ground share for a year and then obviously if they want well, to this the is facility. the this is the thing that gets to me obviously the Hearts FA facility has been done up with a 3G pitch um, it can be rented out and it's used yeah. for county cup finals youth well it under is rented out it's funny you players. say that because when Craig and I played for Crawley under 18s because we, they, we couldn't get you need to have a picture of lights because it's midweek I don't know how we ended up there I don't know if there was another place that we couldn't play at but it was nearer but anyway that was our home fixture and I know that a couple of times that I played for County against Hertfordshire they played out of there what I don't understand is like you say that was seldom used on a, a Saturday if at all a few midweek games so I'm sure you could place your fixtures around so I think what I don't the, understand why I think the problem play. is to my knowledge there have been some discussions obviously it's very yeah. hard to get information on things like that but I think what the sticking point seems to, obviously, it's Hertfordshire FA's facility. Is it the headquarters or just a, a, uh, a pitch that they have? Do you know what I mean? Like, no, no, that, it's the Hertfordshire FA's. Their offices are in there. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think they do some of the, like, the coaching course. And got you, like yeah, that, that makes sense, yeah. Um, but they obviously got the ground off Letchworth to stop it being, I guess, yeah, demolished Useless, afterwards yeah. or made derelict, yeah. But uh, they haven't done too much with the facility. And you see yeah, a right. good ground like that at non-league level and it's barely being used. Yeah, it's being yeah, used yeah. for kids games and things like that. Yeah. I've seen the prices to rent it which are bad but not astronomical. No. But the problem obviously for a club like Letchworth Garden City is if they move in there the Hertfordshire FA are going to take all the sales from the clubhouse yeah, all yeah. of the ticket admissions and things like That's that. True. So they're not actually going to make any money Letchworth Garden City. Mm. How are they going to survive? Yeah. Yeah. That was probably one of my favourite grounds to actually play at. Yeah, I agree. Well, what it just because it felt more I know it wasn't. Obviously, it's a non-league ground, but it made it feel more real. Yeah, like being at above. But that, that, that ground's, that ground's on a level with like a Hitchin Town or something like that. I would argue. I mean, I'm sure it's. I mean, it's bigger than Barton. You know, that's yeah. the, you yeah. know bigger ground than it's Barton. A, it's a step three, four ground. Yeah, very. If anything, I'd say. Oh, look, the main stand is definitely bigger than Hitchin. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. main one. Yes. Um, do you know what baffles me is like, for example, if we own the club and we ground shared with Hitchin, obviously Hitchin own that ground. They're going to take money. You're talking about the Hearts FA, is in they're not a club. They're there to provide football, and if anything. And that's surely where that ref- frustration comes. But surely it reflects well on them if as many of their teams in their association are as playing as high as possible. Like if you, you know, so, well, I don't know where they go from Hart Senior League, whether it would no, be South Mids. It could, probably would be South Mids, yeah. Either way, what would that be? Step five, six. six. So if they went to, but surely that looks good for them. I don't know, but maybe that would increase some sort of funding from the, the, the central the, FA. The area. If you've got a team in that level, because yeah. I know you've got other ones and you've got Hitch and whatever, but surely the more you have, the more money it generates. So I know, it's, it's, funny, it's funny how um, like Bulldog. Have to, uh, like it's literally next to Bulldog, the town, and they're going past Bulldog, yeah, sorry, past Letchworth to go to Arsley. Yeah, which but is about I don't know. Probably this is where it gets me. Miles down the road with Hearts FA is surely 
for them, for one team, you couldn't lower the price for them to play out of it. And the reason I say that is, is it's not being used anyway. Like, I get it. If you are hitching town and you have your own pitch, you're going to get charged what you want because obviously you have to do double the amount but of fixtures. That's, that's it. It's opening it up and thinking in a different way. Yeah. Face. So, rent it to them for a year for whatever price X and then yeah. they keep the clubhouse things and whatever else. Yeah. So, it's their facility. Yeah. I just I don't understand why football is being prevented from increasing that level yeah. when the FA have got the perfect facility for them to get promotion mm. and playing. Yeah, it just, I don't understand that. It all seems a bit of a baffling situation. If anyone knows any more details, then tell us. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It just on the face of it, something seems a bit off. Mm. So looking at the results from yesterday's game, uh, the league table, Leicester have gone City, the second win of the season. Obviously, played five another week for a while. Yeah, uh, they up to fourth now with seven points. Only played three games, still unbeaten in the league. Hatfield, uh, fifth straight loss, and sitting second from bottom. I've got to say that Hat, there were there was a gulf between the two sides. Mm. They did look. The thing is, Hatfield Town like they were only the spot in Prem about three seasons ago. Mm. The problem is, it, same as Letchworth though. It was it was rugby dominated the area. Yeah, and I guess it is a more affluent area, isn't it? So yeah, I never knew it'd be rugby dominated though. But yeah, uh, no, well, I guess it, I don't know if the town's rugby dominated, but the mm. the facility was much better for the rugby. But then. I guess if that football ground was being used, the hearts of yeah. when you say the football ground's better side. So I've got two big questions for you before we finish this section. Firstly, would you go back to the McDonald's in Letchworth again? Where you went would you go back to Letchworth? No, hang on, hang on. Would you uh, go back to McDonald's? <laughs> I would go back to the area. The The hotel was fantastic. Travel lodge, new travel lodge, about under 30 quid not. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, McDonald's, I'd probably think, can I go an hour early and get a Burger King? But this is, I swear there's a Sainsbury's around the corner from it. There is a sign to be And my yeah, second, that's got a cafe. That wasn't well stopped either. And my second question, you given that you've what you've watched and all that, would you go back and watch Letcher of Garden City Eagles again? Um, probably not because the facility is is the sort of one that I've seen it once. I don't yeah. need to go again. Okay. If they were moving to the Hearts FA and they played in that arena or a local team did, I would go there any time I was in the area. Yeah, it's a fantastic facility. Fair enough. <laughs> Brasil brasileiro O Brasil samba que dá bambolear e faz gingar O Brasil do meu amor Terra de nosso Senhor Brasil And it is now time for Tales of the Unexpected. Is that right, Craig? Oh, it's my own feature. I still can't remember the fucking it's name. It's your own feature. And you don't can we just point out off camera every week you ask before what's the title? <laughs> the title. So, um, we're, uh, previous weeks I've mentioned about one game, and this is why we didn't call it, you know, um, I don't know, football strangest matches or anything like that, because today we're talking about one particular player. Okay? So I'm going to say a name. I don't know if it will ring any bells. You probably won't. Carlos Henrique Raposo. Absolutely don't know. No, okay. So he's still alive. He's born in 1963. He's 56 years old. From Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. Okay. Uh, six foot centre forward. Um, started his career at Botafogo or Botafogo. I can never pronounce it. Yeah. yeah. And then also part of his youth career, he went to Flamengo. Okay. Still not really bells to you. No. no, okay, so he played for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 11 clubs between the years of 1979 and 1992. Right. Would you like to have a guess at what's unique about the fact that he played for 11, oh, sorry, signed for 11 professional clubs between 1979 and 1992? What could be, you know, why would he feature on an extraordinary tale? Because that's quite a common thing to do. Most clubs in one league played for? Nope. No. Played for every team in the league? Nope. He didn't make a single appearance for any of them. 
Okay. Wow. So here we go. Here is a very long story if you if you're up for it. You're up for it, Craig? Uh, I know you're a bit yeah, tired earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Right, okay. So uh, right, this is it. so Carlos Enrique Raposo um, was nicknamed the Kaiser. Now this is very important to our story later on. So he's not uh, not Franz Beckenbauer, Franz but he looked similar to Franz Beckenbauer, which is where he got the nickname of okay. Kaiser. So the question we want to ask is obviously, how has he played for eleven clubs and not kicked a single ball he in a competitive match? Keeper. No, he's not a goalkeeper. No, a striker. He was a striker. Yeah, which is all the more puzzling. So, when he was young, he had a youth career, he was a mediocre player at best, okay? Rubbish. But, he looked very similar, very, very, very similar to a man called Renato Gaucho, okay? Which is also important, a Brazilian international, okay? And was, didn't um, play in the 1970 World Cup, but was around at that sort of uh, time. Looked a bit similar to him. So, he looked like Renato Gaucho, important part of the story. This man, Carlos Henrique Raposo, upon being released by Flamengo, couldn't get a club, just wasn't good enough. Until he had a really clever idea, which was, I'll take some VHS footage of Renato Gaucho, who I look very similar to. You can see Craig shaking his head already. It's not the next Ali Dia. This was Ali Dia before Ali Dia. This is easy enough to do. It's the bit after this is where you think this is where it gets clever. So what he does is he takes these VHSs and he sends them off to various clubs across South America, mainly Brazil. Okay, so he's obviously from Brazil. He sends them off to various clubs in, in South America. <coughs> Bear in mind, his nickname's the Kaiser. What I didn't tell you was that Renato Gaucho's nickname was also the Kaiser. Not because he looked like him, but because of the way he played like Beckenbauer, okay? Does well, that make sense? Yeah. So we've got two. So when the commentator... One plays like Beckenbauer, one looks like Beckenbauer. So when the commentator on these VHSs who's talking about Renato Gaucho mentions the Kaiser, obviously Carlos Enrique Raposo has said that he is the Kaiser. So for all intents and purposes, on a great brainy VHS in the early 1980s, late 1970s, this fella, Carlos Enrique Raposo, is Renato Gaucho because of the quality of the film, he looks like him. So he gets a trial at the club. Now this, this story I'm gonna repeat, has happened for all 11 clubs, okay? Wow. He just wanted to be around football clubs. He had no intention of ever playing because he wasn't good enough. Rives, first day of training, okay? So this is the, you know, the, the easy part is getting a trial somewhere, getting a, a sorry, getting a trial, getting a contract somewhere. So they now think he's an international footballer. Alright? Because you can't do it, there's no Googling, you just assume that he is that man. There's no internet. Well, no internet, no, exactly. So he turns up at the club, alright? They've signed him on a short-term contract because of who he is, off of the name. You know, he's not going to sign, he's not going to go there unless they sign him on a short-term contract. Start saying stuff like, you know, I've had offers from other clubs, you need to snap me up now. First training session, pulls a muscle. Can't play, can he? He's injured. Oh no. But he's always... then, you never had the digital scans that could Exactly. So short-term, short-term contract, he's injured. So they've got a choice. They either keep him on, or they pay up his contract and he repeats the same thing again, goes off to another club. Either way, the moment he signs that contract initially, he's on to a winner. If, as the years went by though, there was issues then because obviously medical things started to catch up a little bit. So which <laughs> Carlos Henrique Raposo had what I would say is a genius idea. He claimed to have a focal infection, which I didn't realise, I've never heard this before, but apparently this is a genuine thing in sports science, that if the hygiene of your teeth isn't great, it can lead to Things like torn hamstrings, stuff like that. So there's actually a link between, you know, muscle tears and joint um, issues and the quality of your teeth. Now it's very difficult to prove that that's the case, but if you can tell someone that you are a focal, you have a focal infection, what makes it interesting is, and I mean, this is no dispersion upon South America in the 1970s or 80s, but it's quite easy to pay someone some money to back up something. So suddenly, from the money he's made from these contracts, Carlos Enrique Raposo is now paying doctors to make up that he's got a focal infection, okay? Can't prove it otherwise, the doctor signed it. He then also manages to get journalists to write fake um, 
reports of him of playing in previous matches. Never played a ball for any of these, kicked the ball for any of these teams he's played for. Gets fake news out there. He gets um, fans at the training ground to start chanting his name. He goes up to clubs and pretends to either, sorry, goes, is in nightclubs, pretending to either be Renato Gaucho or, you know, another footballer who is playing for, I mean, we've got some fairly Flamengo, um, Fluminese, he was at for a little bit. So teams like that. Never kick the ball for him. So this is where we obviously get to the point, though, of how much longer can you keep this going for? So, are you ready for a bit more, Craig? Okay. So, as he gets there, on the few occasions that he did actually manage to train, he clearly looked out of his depth, okay? Obviously, yeah. he had to come out every now and then to either sustain the contract he was on. But, he was at a team called um, Bangu, Bangu, okay? Um, and in the same way that Leicester, nearly, uh, sorry, Leicester won the league in the, the Premier League, this team, Bangu, were one game away from winning the Brazilian League in 1985. 85, okay? They're 2-0 down in the game to win the league. But the night before, our friend Carlos Raposo is out drinking till 4am, pretending to be Renato and etc. in these clubs. You seem a bit confused, Craig. I've been confused from the start. Well, carry on. So sent, he gets a message sent to him from the manager saying you need to come back you know we've had an injury etc you know the night before the game you need to come back in you're on the bench obviously this is a disaster he's drunk and also he's thinking right i can't play i'm, I'm useless this game is to win the league so what he does it's put on the bench manager says that you're probably not going to come on so just you know you'll be fine they're two nil down 15 minutes to go he thinks right i'm going to throw him on he's a striker he's been at all these other clubs Carlos Renato then, uh, sorry, Carlos Raposo starts to panic, thinking, I can't actually come on the pitch because if I do this, my, my farce is over. So he goes to warm up behind the linesman. As he's warming up, as he's warming up, I won't repeat exactly what was said, but as he's warming up. Why? Because it's in Portuguese? No, not because it's in Portuguese. <laughs> it, it, it's, well, it's homophobic, but basically. Oh! He oh, pretends, yeah. he pretends that a fan has insulted his dad. I won't lead any more into what he said, okay? To which Carlos Raposo jumps into the crowd and starts fighting the fan. The fan never said anything. What happens to Carlos Raposo? He gets off. sent off. He can't play in the game again. And he did this repeatedly until in 1992, uh, I can never Gurani Football Club finally found out actually who he was, what he'd been up to the past 11 years, and basically booted him out. But then the story, obviously in 1992, things were starting to come a bit more about international journalism, etc., got out there. And the Kaiser was then exposed. But unfortunately, in the meantime, it, the amount of money he built up was incredible. He got, maybe got involved a little bit with some criminals, etc. But just going back really quickly to that story about when he got sent off for punching the fan, he was hoping that as well as him not being able to come on the pitch, it means that the club would pay off his, his um, contract because they're not in there anymore. The owner, who happened to be a gangster, said, What's, you know, what happened? Why did you end up punching the fan? He explained that it was about his dad. The gangster saw that as a badge of honour, gave him a pay rise. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> so the Kaiser ended up, you know, in all of these other ways, you know, fraudulent, frauding clubs. Apparently, he's quite a good bloke to have around, quite a good laugh, etc. But I can't imagine he would be if he was earning money for <laughs> being a professional footballer for 13 years and he hadn't done anything. And that's the thing. So, to sum it all up, there's a lot more to it, and there is actually a film about it, which I didn't realise till after I'd done a bit of research for it. But um, that was the story of Carlos Enrique Raposo, the Kaiser, who was the greatest footballer who probably never actually kicked the football in a professional football match. Love that. So, any other business? Um, obviously, it is International Weekend. Which Normally, is so boring. Well, it is very boring, but there was one cracking story that's come out of it. Obviously, uh, France were playing Albania yeah. at the Stade de France uh, yesterday at the time of recording. One of football's elite nations, the World Cup holder. Exactly. Uh, well, they've just... Yeah, exactly. So they they staged major tournaments. It's like the European Championship. Yeah, they used to... 
more than used to hosting massive, you know, tournaments, fixtures. With all due respect, the game against Albania, you think that the, the logistics of running that football match should be fairly easy, shouldn't you? Correct. Obviously, there was a 10-minute delay to kick-off. Oh. Do you know why, Craig? <laughs> yes, we do. yes, I do. Would you like to tell us why? Um, because the uh, France Stadium... Uh, Stade de France. Stade de France. Uh, played the wrong uh, national anthem for they, Albania. They played the national anthem of Andorra. 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 Which is bad enough, you know. In, in some cultures, incredibly offensive. offensive it can be very offensive. Luckily, Albania took a bit of jest, you know, a bit confused. You but could I see their faces, but they were about to start singing. Obviously, and then they, they went, then had oh. to go and find the national anthem, which was, you know, eventually they did it and found, found it. And you'd think, right, surely that's it now. We'll do this. And now the teams get on with it. But what happened then, Dan? Uh... The stadium announcer, I believe, apologised to them uh, and referred to them as the nation of Armenia. He did indeed. Yes, he did. So he, he apologised to the nation of Armenia, considering that Albania were playing France, which is a, a, a cock-up on two occasions, really. Which How did you not know so it's Albania? Well, exactly. I mean... He had two countries that he could have apologised to <laughs> there and didn't get either of them right. It just made no sense, but... Fair. Uh, well, fair play to Albania for the, the management that to actually say no, we're not playing until we have here our national anthem because yeah. obviously the France yeah. national anthem um, played just afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but didn't matter. In the, the day, they still lost four one. Yeah, it was no. it was arguably the most exciting part of the international football weekend. <laughs> everything has been boring. It has been boring. I mean, I think we, we will drift off and talk about that at one point in the future because European qualifying... I know, it's all, I know it's all qualifiers now because obviously you're not going to get the, the But they're, they're worse than... For me, they're yeah. worse than oh. friendly, so... Nations yeah. League is so much better. It's so, Nations League is actually better than, I think... No, the only reason why because uh, it's actually more competitive yeah, because obviously it's all gets teams around So the I think we could do a separate episode about that. So okay. the next international break we'll be moaning about the qualifiers. So give it, yeah, yeah, in October we'll be moaning yeah, and in November we'll be moaning and that's it. We're not known for our continuity between weeks of stories but you're going to refer to something that we spoke about last week. Is well, that right? I am. I'm going to refer to the case that dominated last week which was obviously Bolton and Berry. Mm-hmm. And one of those clubs Bolton had a positive light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And they have gone mad. <laughs> right. They have gone absolutely mad. Uh, Keith Hill and David Flickcroft have joined yep. as manager and assistant, which Craig alluded to in the last episode, I believe. And on transfer deadline day this Monday, they have signed no less than nine players. <laughs> well, why not? Why not exactly? Were you upset, Craig, it wasn't Kevin Nolan taking over? I was a bit gutted. Yeah, yeah. I but Kevin then will get a job soon. Don't worry. I didn't realise Keith Hill was from Bolton. No, no, no. I was thinking, no. what a silly decision that was. Did but he's from Bolton. Brilliant so job at Rochdale. Yeah. So, so of the nine then, is there any sort of standout, or uh, nine of standout players? I don't there know. are a couple of standout players. So in terms of the experienced one, we've got Liam Bridcut. Yes. Yep. Formerly uh, uh, from Nottingham Forest. Some may say mugged the living at Sunderland and Leeds at times <laughs> in the past. Are these well, that's a bit harsh. Free agents, or is that how they've done it? A mix of free agents and Right. Okay. Uh, so Liam Bricker was alone, as was Belinda and a young winger from Stoke. Uh, Jake Wright, a defender from Sheffield Giant. Daryl Murphy joined on a free. Oh, yeah, yeah. Formerly yeah, yeah. a big money signing by Roy Keane at Sunderland, Irish International. Big target man went to Newcastle for quite yeah. a bit of money as well, didn't he? But he's gone there on a free. As Will, Will Buckley's back from. Um, Will Buckley's back well, again. Got, um, his contract ran out at the end of last season, and uh, obviously he's re signed. And nice then Chris O'Grady, one familiar face, as he mm. was a former Rochdale striker with Keith right. at the club. So lots of different names, covered a variety of positions. Unfortunately, none of them played. All of the Bolton fans came in for the uh, the Leasing.com trophy game, oh, which yeah. we'll be talking about again in the future. Um, but unfortunately, none of them played. He played their youngest ever team, and they lost on penalties. Hey, they scored <laughs> the a goal. The big question is... They scored a goal. So and the big if question... they hadn't been a competent keeper at the other end, they wouldn't have scored a goal. <laughs> 
The big question now is, and you know, you two are more, a lot more aficionados than, than me at this. Has that team that he signed and him being there is that enough to overturn the points deficit and keep them up? Honestly, no. no. But depending on how much further South End's troubles go, they yeah. might not finish bottom. Oh, okay. Yeah, because South End have been disastrous, and, the, and Kevin Bond, the manager, has now yeah. been sacked. Um, not surprised, to be honest, because I believe he offered his resignation. Oh, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. they came to a mutual agreement. Yeah, the yeah. term that we've the term on the, yeah, we've had this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah so Kevin Bond is gone from Southampton United. But I suppose they're prepping for next year anyway. I suppose aren't they? That's the most important thing. They've got a club and they can enjoy going yeah. to support the team. Nine thousand turned up by the way for that uh, Leeson.com. Fantastic. Uh, which is yeah. fantastic. Which is probably going to be the most of any other round uh, group game because. And it's going to annoy stats when we say what low attendances were there, and that's going to be the yeah. Idea, but at yeah. least there's a reason for. It. Talking of attendances, I think what segues this evening are incredible. Uh, talking of attendances, the women's Super League started uh, yesterday, didn't it? Yes. And you had yeah. the Manchester yes. derby. Yeah. Cracking goal. Thirty-one thousand people. Uh, one of my friends was in attendance. Oh, okay. Uh, so it was a decent game. Yeah. There's obviously been some nonsense on social media about yeah. the fact that there wasn't over joyous celebrations at the goals but it was a lot of young families and kids going in, to cheap what do you want them to be it's not footy limbs and also in their defence of all due respect because of the whole VAR thing I think people are getting so used to not celebrating a goal until we can confirm it's a fucking goal that actually I don't blame them for not getting over the top and of uh, their celebration there is no however VAR and that, that, I don't know who hit it or whatever I've only seen the replay but that gun. strike was oh, unbelievable weird. Is it weird but I just seen uh, briefly before uh, we all met up uh, Chelsea were playing Tottenham at Stamford Bridge and that was a, 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 I think her name's England actually she just curled into the top corner so yeah some decent strikes out of the, but it's, it's the one thing I will say is I know we mentioned it in other countries in Europe in the last season in particular it's good to see a lot of them particularly in the international break at the start of the season when played at the proper football yeah that's what I mean I think, I think that's a good idea I think it's a great idea mm. I mean, City have, have had a few games in the Champions League where they've not got much more than that. So that's yeah. a really great sign. I don't see why, even if you're te- the, the, the senior men's team playing on Sunday, why you can't just base the women's Super League fixtures around the men's team. So if they're playing Saturday, you play on Sunday. If they're playing on Sunday, you play on Saturday. I don't see why you can't do that. Exactly. Um, um, maybe because matters, maybe. So if you don't mind, I'm going to talk about two-time Olympic 800-metre gold medalist Caster Semenya, who's joined a South African women's football team. Um, without going into too much politics of why she can't take part in athletics um, even though I thought she was completely unfairly dragged through the media and unjustly punished like that um, uh, but she signed for JVWFC I'm not sure what the JVW stands for um, but it's been um, it was I think the W's for women's well yeah okay yeah I don't know what JV is for uh, but they're in the so the women's football in South Africa is done in nine provinces they're in the, the one of the top seeds in the I mean if you give me for my South African pronunciation Gauteng province which sounds like I don't know why I said that in that kind of accent um, but, it's, um, but yeah it was formed by the 2013 uh, South Africa women's captain Gen- it was formed in 2013 by South Africa women's captain Janine Van Vyck I think mm-hmm. um, but yeah Brilliant. I think it's good, considering that she was uh, obviously a world champion athlete. To keep her going in sport, I think it's fantastic. And hopefully we'll see her both on the football pitch and on the running track eventually. Fantastic. Um, speaking from, coming from South Africa, back into Europe. Um, I don't know if you noticed it during the week, but uh, a team in Austria are currently not playing at their home ground. Uh, oh, due to this. So, uh, to... Raise awareness of deforest, uh, deforestation and climate change. An artist called Klaus Lippmann has planted a forest inside a 32,000 seat stadium. Right. Okay. Um, and it, it generally, basically all over the pitch. So if I was a groundsman for this team, 
I'm assuming. <laughs> but apparently it was... Did a, he do it with their permission? It, was, it has been done to their permission. Right. So they are, at the moment, until late October, they're ground sharing another side. Uh, I, can't, I won't say the name because it's very long. Okay. Um, but yeah, at the moment, it's just raising awareness and it, it, it looks absolutely stunning, to be fair. There's, there's one slight issue. Mm-hmm. So... The team is Austria Kladenfurt. I'm hoping that he's put a sort of an artificial surface on to do this because otherwise he's essentially <laughs> at the end of October going to be killing the forest, well, which would be grossly inappropriate for the point. So basically, time. you're trying to say he's contradicting himself. He, he no. What, what I'm saying is, if he hasn't thought it through entirely, which we're often guilty of ourselves, he may end up contradicting himself. I, I tell you what worries me. Well, not worries me, and I'm going to tread a very careful line here. These are the thoughts of Charlie Wetz before we start. <laughs> How much difference is putting some trees in a football stadium actually going to make? And I mean, that in the politest I, way possible. I, I would do it in an area where it's a bit run down to well, make put it in a forest rather than at a stadium. Do you know where I would have done it? Just outside the football stadium where people can enjoy it for years and years to Yeah, come. exactly. That's, that's what I'm mean. saying. Yeah, it, it, have it outside the... the stadium. I mean, apart from maybe going... And for three months. I mean, even, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm a green person. I'm trying to recycle plastic, but it was like... At the very most, the reaction I would get from it is, oh, that's quite nice. But I like, guess, that's it. Like, I, why, why ruin a football club? To I guess it has worked in an extent because with the football club's permission to do it, if he'd parted them just outside the stadium, we wouldn't have known. No, that's true. Uh, so like, I guess it has worked. The thing is, you, <laughs> you, think <laughs> you, you get fo- football grounds that actually like, looks like, like, from the outside, it looks like there's forests around it anyway. But yes. like, So it's worked as what it was. It's it's raising awareness and it's a publicity stunt for it, which is exactly what it's worked as. Yeah, and it's not sponsored by ridiculous betting companies like Huddersfield Town have with a Paddy Power advert. Yeah, which, I mean, I'll be honest, the Paddy Power... Other retailers are available. Whether they should have been fired or not. Betting companies, sorry. Yeah, whether... I don't use betting companies. It's ridiculous. Well, yeah. Whether they should have been fined or not, I don't know. I mean, that's probably a different debate. But they were fined £50,000 for the debacle of that, which... Okay, you've got that's an number on its own. Not offensive. Yeah. However, when you consider that Millwall, and this is, I'm not just saying, you know, this is not casting the whole of Millwall. It's the last instance where a fine has been given by the FA. Yeah, the last one to do that, which was only ten thousand pounds for the quite frankly vile racist chanting, and it was from a, a very small minority, but it happened, and you know there are sanctions for that. The comparison between you know someone putting a dodgy betting thing on their strip. And and for a pre-season friendly but and vile racist charting of human beings uh, for there to be a fine less than £40,000 it just it, company. It, it's where I think the FA and you can see some of the comments that people make you know Raheem Sterling was quite vocal about that kind of thing recently you can see why it upsets people you know, I, it's, there's no I'm, logic in that I'm gonna, I'm gonna it's now. not resolved yeah I think like, I think um, it is where the FA are, are fucking useless because <laughs> they they do £50,000 for a betting company, they do £10,000 for a, a racist chant, and then they do £10,000 for not using uh, for one team not uh, putting the other opponent's team name in a programme. Yes, now, I saw that, and that's the worst one. For MK Dons and Wimbledon, AFC Wimbledon. Because they didn't put it in it, grand. Yeah, AFC Wimbledon. That's ridiculous. See, that's, that's what makes no fucking sense. You can't mm. have one... You can't have the most... Final thing you should do, uh, should do yeah, in living, yeah, like, yeah. socially, be less than a betting company. Mm. Like, I'm not saying I'm not saying we should do betting companies. Obviously, betting companies obviously do sponsor a lot of things. Obviously, yeah. I, I like what Paddy Power are doing in a way of not actually putting sponsor mm. in the shirt, so it leaves the shirt sponsorless. Um, but to make it more than obviously mm. the other two, it's it's scandalous. 
it's not going to discourage people. It's, in my opinion, unless you hit a club with a huge fine in such a way that then that means they have to up their ticket prices, meaning it hits the fans in the pockets. And I know you shouldn't charge all with one, but essentially I think it's the only way you're going to stop it. Finding them 10 grand for a club like Millwall is probably not loads, the, but it's still enough. But the comparativeness of that compared to two, what I would say is fairly minor offences, you know, a betting thing and a... a it a was the FA sort of the reasoning for the different things, which was a bit of a, a surprise for me. So the in the betting company's instance and the programme instance, what they had said is that the incidents were directly affected by the club themselves, as in the club employees. Yeah. Whereas the the racism was obviously from fans and the clubs were it was part, partially outside their mm. control of the club employees, which one is a shit excuse. Yeah. It's poor. And secondly, that's not the point at all, is it? No, exactly. That's the, the, the fact that you would come out and even try and make a defence of it explains exactly where the problem is. They're like, trying to explain that racism. They're saying that racism is not as bad as. A, a massive sponsor on a shirt does say mm. and Vincent Company was actually the man who hit the nail on the head when interviewed about it because he, he just sort of referred to the 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 problem not being the fines that are being handed out and how they're being dealt with he just said it's institutional in terms of if you go to the FA in any country mm. in Europe largely in a league which is like the Premier League and the Football League, so multicultural, and go and look at the FA board who make those decisions and who tell players how to mm. how to deal with racism should it affect them during a game, and they're all our white men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Hire well, someone telling... young that uses a bit of common sense. You can't go. It's it's not the nineteen sixties now. It's so it's easy. so cha- it's not it's changed from nineteen sorry mm. two thousand nineteen to two thousand nineteen now. Grow up. You've got to fucking mm. be with the but times. Don't, don't do it to deal with one issue. It is so easy to elect a board that is re- represents mm. its its demographic. We have a male and female professional mm. league now. Yeah. We have black, white, Asian players. We have yeah. players of all races. We hopefully in the future will have players who aren't afraid to come out as as gay yeah. or yeah. lesbian. Yeah. You know, just... Well, recently there was the, there was a whole drive to get you know. Um, oh, I can't remember the term, but basically, you know, Chris Powell's involved with the... Yeah, it was uh, BAME. Uh, I think that's it. Sorry, yeah. At different levels of the FA, which is a great initiative. Fantastic. Is that going to stop the, as you mentioned, institutional racism? No, because that no. hasn't been reflected in a boardroom. And that's again. the thing. And it feels like it's... The, and um way I say this, it's doing stuff like that for Chris Powell, and that is excellent. But in the grand scheme of things, it feels like a token gesture to say, look, we are tackling this issue... When actually, in reality, just, yes, I'm sure that's an inspiration and there is value in doing that. Don't get me wrong. Is that going to stop people does, in chanting that? In very no. simple terms, it does not matter what changes on the pitch, coaching teams, whatever. Nothing will change in a society or in the footballing world mm. until the boardroom level is yeah. changed. Yeah. Tell you what, hire us. Well, hire no, us. it's interesting. Without going into politics, I completely agree with you. You look at the, the current you know, parliament there's a lot to be said it, That's covers, why it represents 10% of the public yeah and 90% are angry yeah and <laughs> so it works and that's the thing so should we move on to that bit nicer nicer story bloody hell yeah uh, so um, yesterday well, uh, current period obviously international weekend you've got the African because you're so boring <laughs> you've got the World Cup qualifiers for um, Africa uh, there was obviously I know you don't like necessarily like me banging about these stories but there was one, I like it more than my one there was one massive shock over the weekend which was that Somalia 202nd oh, in the I world see this. I did see at this. 211 um, obviously beat Zimbabwe who were 98th in the world 1-0 in the 86th minute and I didn't realise that Curzon Ashton to Mohamed Ali yeah. uh, played for him and he's uh, obviously a, I didn't know a part time footballer obviously owns his own driving school 
And uh, yeah, his brother is the captain of the Somali national team. Um, obviously, they couldn't play at home as playing Djibouti because of security reasons. Yes. But the fact that, despite all the security issues that may be happening, it's quite, you know, it's amazing they can story. still get a, a team out there and sort of win a game. I think it was a. They'd lost 14 or 15 on the bounce since then. So um, speaking, speaking, sorry, 19 defeats in eight years. That's speak, speaking have. of wins, uh, obviously Kosovo, obviously as a footballing nation, the UEFA have only been around for what, two years now? I didn't 2016, know, I think. Yeah, something I didn't know they were still unbeaten 15 games. Yeah. That's a bloody side. hell. Good mm. side. They're probably beating But they basically, because a lot of the players who were playing for Switzerland and Albania yeah. and countries like that, were eligible for Kosovo so like yeah. Sherman Shakiri was an example of that mm-hmm. but basically the best of the players who weren't playing for those nations who were eligible are now playing for Kosovo mm. yeah. and they've built a great team spirit and they're yeah, I, second I like in it. England's group yeah. I like that I've got no problem with that um, so finally I'm going to piss Craig off again and it yeah. is related to a snack we've brought along today possibly the best snack you could bring along uh, if I wanted. And the, no, most, the most appropriate for football. Yeah, an in, incredible, incredible snack. Do you want to go through them? What are we talking uh, about? We are talking, of course, about Tunnock's caramel wafers. I mean, a fucking unbelievable. And I don't swear that often, but a fucking unbelievable snack, Craig. I cannot believe you're not interested. And an unbelievable sponsor replacement for Iron Brew for the Scottish Challenge Cup. <laughs> I can't wait for this Challenge Cup to die. So we t- we talked about it in quite a lot of detail last year because it obviously features teams from yep. Ireland, Northern Ireland, the English National League and from Wales yes. in the Premier League as well. Now Craig, you've said you want this competition to fail. A bit like we said with the um, the leasing.com trophy look, with an under 20. I just want I just want a non-Scottish team to win it. Exactly. I don't care less who it is, if it's Connets Key or Wrexham or and equally um, who was it? Is in it as well? Uh, no. Bohemians were in it. Yeah. As well. Bohemians. Yeah, and who's the other English teams? The other English team yeah. is Wrexham and Solihull. Home Wars. I couldn't. I want any of them to win it. <laughs> couldn't care. And there's also under twenty one teams like the what was the Czech Trophy? Oh yeah, no, I, think, I, think so I, I think I did think see. Bad Hearts, I think, got Rangers, haven't they? I think, I, think, I think I did see Hearts lose the other day. So there's plenty so, of plenty yeah. of interesting fixtures going on there. Uh, but what I wanted to talk about was the possibility of a non-Scottish winner. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a trophy's been expanded. It's now got Highland League teams in as well mm-hmm. as uh, Scottish Football League teams. Yeah, yeah. But most of the teams did remarkably well, and a couple that didn't were slight shocks. Mm-hmm. So, Solihull Moors played against Highland's team, Kelty Hearts. Mm-hmm. Didn't play the first 11. Um, but they were taken to penalties, and only mm. managed to win after a one So, when they didn't play their first 11, is because I now chose them to get promoted. And it fucking looks like we'll be fighting a relegation battle this year, which is what I predicted the fucking previous year. Uh, just quickly, I, I'm obviously, we will go quickly take a brief break on your. the, the uh, Scottish Challenge Cup. But we did predict uh, Wickham Wanderers to go down in their top of the League One. We but did predict Solihull Moors to uh, win the You both had a knee jerk reaction with Solihull, didn't you? Yeah. yeah, and they're near the bottom. And I had Blythe Spartans to finish top of the North. Bottom. <laughs> Still not one again. And it just proves we're fucking clueless. So hopefully yeah. Christmas time we do our mid-season predict uh, review. We'll see how fucking wrong we are again. Let's hope they all do a press, don't they? Yeah. Go for it. So yeah, uh, so sorry, that back, was a back, shock. Back, yeah, obviously Solihull Moors just getting through. Back to the, to the important news of the Tunnock's Carol Wafer, because we need to get that name as much as possible. Please sponsor us. Glenarvan, Northern Irish League. Yeah. 3-0 win away to Full Marine. Full Martin, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inverness Caledonian Thistle won on Scottish tie against Morton. They're going to be my favourites for it. Inverness yep. are in it. Inverness are in it. They're in the uh, Scottish oh, Championship. Oh, right. So uh, I, did, I thought it was just League One and Two. Bohemians right. of right. Ireland were out to Airdrieonians three two. Right. 
Uh, well, so we got non-English mm-hmm. teams. Connors Key won one 0 against Cove Rangers of the Highland League. Yeah, they're still doing well. They found they were a few teams. They did quite well last year, didn't they, Connors Key? They did, they and obviously in the Europa League, they built command at this year, mm. so they've got a bit of experience against Scottish yeah. teams. Uh, and TNS were the biggest prize exit of the round. Mm. The professional side went out to Stenhouse Muir on penalties. Right, no, I've been to Stenhouse Muir by the way. Nothing against the people of Stenhouse Muir, but there's very little there. But anyway, He's but obviously a semi-professional <laughs> side beating a professional yeah. Welsh team who have got quite. How a did Wrexham get on against? Sorry, did you say uh, Wrexham did win? They won one nil, I think. Let me just check. Yes, Wrexham got through. They won as well. Oh, okay, very good. Uh, what's so, it? What's the? Dr- oh, it's a draw. Well, no, still a few more. Still got to play Rangers. Uh, Dundee are playing Elgin as we record this episode. Yeah, ah. but I think it's had to do with because of the national break. Uh, what's the, what, what, oh, because Bally Minion, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, what's that got to do with bloody. Well, no, no, it'd <laughs> no, no, be because of Rangers, because of first teamers and all of that. They can't have. That's why they, I, mean, I think it's Wednesday night they're playing Bally or something random yeah. like that. So. Uh, I'm going to give you a quick update because, um, as we're, we're as recording, you just yeah. said Dundee and Elgin City. It's currently Dundee 1, Elgin City 2. Wow. We could have a shock on the cards. And Dundee are down to 10 men. And do you know what I'm most excited about now is after this episode, eating up one of those caramel wafer bars, Craig. Well, you have fun with that, mate. <laughs> Uh, now it is time for our favourite part of the show, which is my quiz. And what is it called, lads? Can you name them? Still don't know why. Right. Why not? So each week we go for a quiz, we pick a topic, we pick a certain area, and I ask, can you name them? Yes. Players? And it's normally no. <laughs> normally, particularly on Charlie's card. Very late too, as my record. Uh, so we've been playing three weeks now, haven't we? And Craig has won all of them. So yeah, this yeah, is two nil. So is it two nil? Three nil. Three nil. Three nil. So we're on to our fourth quiz now. And because it's the international break, we've got to talk about something that's come off this week, which obviously isn't going to be on the pitch. Can I? Can I just say, international week is so boring. Thank you, Craig. Is it to do with Michael Owen and Alan Shearer? No, it's not. Although that was my backup one that I knew. Was that his team that Aaron picked? No, but uh, no they had a fallout, didn't they? I was yeah. going for uh, the players. Oh, I was going to go for the players that had featured in the England team in games where both Alan Shearer and Michael Owen have played. But I came up against one. that. Save that one. Save that for next international break. I, I like, like that. That's a good quiz. No, no because you can research well, it. Well, no, maybe that. change the two players. Over. I like that. Good. Uh, but this time we've gone for awards that were announced during the last week, which was oh, this hell. week's Premier League Player of the Month, which rather surprisingly, not based on his form, but based on the club he plays for and the traditionals of it, was Timu Puki, right? Who yeah. won the August 2019? Oh, did he actually won it? He did. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I knew he was on it. I didn't know he won it. I'm quite glad he did. So it was quite an interesting, really, because last season I just saw him club one managers. Oh, I don't know. I, I went to look back, but last season was quite an interesting one for the Player of the Month award because it was the first time since the 2011-12 season that every month was won by a different player. Right, really? So, in the previous oh, years, so 12-13, we had Van Persie win it twice, 13-14, Daniel Sturridge, yeah. that famous year for Liverpool where they nearly won it, 14-15, Harry Kane's breakthrough season, two in a row, 15-16, Jamie Vardy twice and Aguero twice, Sontio Mini 16-17, and Kane and Salah in 17-18. Uh, 11-12 season, the last one where we had separate winners, featured some very surprising names, the likes of Demba Barr, yeah. Scott Parker, Peter Odenwingi, and Nikichi Yanovich. That's That would have been a great quiz that year alone, trying to guess them. But I thought that was a bit harsh and wouldn't have got past the first one. No. So, as a result, we've got nine winners from the 2018-19 season okay. of the Premier League Player of the Month, and I'm going to ask what question, can, can you name them? them? 
So, it's Charlie's turn to go first, because Craig did it last week, and I'm going to ask. There's some obvious, some surprises. Yeah. Can you name them? Charlie? I'm going to go for an obvious one, because um, that's all I've got in my head. And I'm going to assume, and I fuck it, if, it, if this isn't right, I'll, I'll walk out. Mo Salah. Um, unfortunately, Charlie, Mo Salah did not win Premier League player. Well, that's a fucking travesty. I mean, look, even he shot <laughs> in the 2018-19 season. Really? He didn't. Okay. Oh, God. Um, I've got one in my head, and I've got the other one in my head. Uh, I've got two choices. I really thought this would go at least a bit longer than this. <laughs> well, I assume fucking Mo Salah won it, surely. I've got two in my head. I've got Sergio Aguero. Okay. Get it wrong, Craig. You can't make it exciting. And I've got Sadio Mane. Get it wrong. Make it exciting. Well, just come out, come out of a random one. Go cash for Michael and keep it low. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking Paul Pogba. Probably would be Paul Pogba, don't him. Um, I can't believe that. Which one do you want, Craig? I'll go Sadio Mane. Well, I can confirm for you, Craig, that in March 2019, Sadio Mane won Premier League the The month before in February was Sergio Aguero. That's oh, no, get one? Uh, As you get it, no. go for it, go for it. I'm going to go for it. So let's go from the start of the year. That's, so August, that's shocking. August 2018 was what I thought was the red herring. That was Lucas Moura who started the season. Oh, right. Remember yes. that hat trick at United? Old Trafford? He didn't score a hat trick at United. Did he not? No. No, he didn't. He didn't. He came Kane. off the bench and he changed the game. One he scored, scored two. He scored yeah. two. I'm thinking of Huddersfield towards the end of the season. He scored two. Kane scored the header. Well, there you go. But he came on and changed the game. Uh, September 2018, Eden Hazard. Right. Yeah. October 2018, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Yeah, true. Uh, November 2018, sorry, Raheem Sterling. Uh, December 2018, Virgil van Dijk, who later went on to one player of the year, of course. January 2019, Marcus Rashford during United's revival. Yeah. Uh, February was Sergio Aguero. March, Sadio Mane, as Craig rightly said. And April 2019 was the rejuvenated Jamie Vardy. I, I'll be honest, I would have got Hazard and van Dijk after that. I wouldn't have got the rest of them. one game this year, so I didn't have an award. Ah. I would have got Hazard and Van Dijk. Well, I wouldn't have got any rest of them anyway. Oh god, that's pretty embarrassing. So it was a, it was a short. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. Salah didn't play. I picked this quiz because I thought it'd be longer, but unfortunately, Salah's a bit greedy. But to be fair, the other yeah, but I, I'm not saying should have won Player of the Month, but I'm just amazed he didn't. Interestingly, Mo Salah was the answer to my tiebreaker question because should you have got them all correct, my question would have been who is the only player in the last six years of the Premier League Player of the Month award to win it three times in a season? And that man was previous season, Mo Salah. Well, that shocked me. I wouldn't have got... I wouldn't so, have that. it is fallen to Craig Savage. I should be talking because I should have left the room after I promised that I was going to leave the room. <laughs> 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 uh, so, well done, Craig. You lead 4-0 and this quiz could get very difficult soon if I don't start doing some Northern Irish ones. <laughs> no, I don't think I'll get them I don't, Well, I don't want it to be like a clean sweep at the moment because... I, well, no, no, no. The I'm, question, I'm, to be honest, to to be honest the questions have been really hard. Yeah. You, really you hard. were shocked when Mo Salah won. Yeah, I was quite shocked. The last one had a West Ham player in it. Yeah, couldn't no, that was, so that was tough. That yeah, was going to be tough for us. Yeah, there's <laughs> not a West Ham player anymore. No. <laughs> And that is it for today's ramble. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter at Football Free. Did we tell you? International is boring. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. <laughs>